said no, Jesus can still see us. The doctor told the mother, call the family in. He was preparing them for the worst. I told the mother to call the family in so we could praise God in advance for what he was getting ready to do. How many know God can take total disaster and turn it in to total victory? He Listening to K A Y T F M, Gina Alexandria, eighty-eight point one, K two fifty-five B T, Monroe West Monroe, ninety-eight point nine FM, K twenty-two three B I, Greenwood Shreveport, ninety-two point five FM, K Q J O, St. Joseph Louisiana, Natchez Mississippi, ninety-nine point three FM and K261EB, Lake Charles, 100.1 FM, and online at www.kaytfm.com. The heart and soul of Central Louisiana. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith Broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna and Maranatha Seventh-day Adventist Churches in Alexandria. We desire to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ to a dying world in these final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Speak. You see what I'm doing, pointing at you and me. Because the moment that somebody comes in and they smell like alcohol, you can't come in here dressed like that. Okay, so now God deems you as the usher. And you don't know what they're bringing. You just ushered a soul away from the kingdom. And you forget you was just like that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, well, I'm, oh Lord, oh Lord. You gotta be careful. Because you don't even know. When, last time we, we figured out that God was in heaven. I know what we're dealing with. Sometimes as men and women of God, we become the church police. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a ticket for the way you dress today. Yeah, yeah, church police. I'm going to give you a ticket because you shouldn't be coming in here like that today. I'm going to give you a ticket because you show, you are looking at me all like I'm small. Oh, there it go, there it go. And then when you sit down, you sit down here with your arms folded, blowing just like that, wondering when the service gonna be over. Amen, stomach growling, stomach touching like this here. Uh, and you know you gotta take your, your medication and stuff and you come in here mad. What you coming in here mad for? Jesus ain't did nothing to nobody. Amen, somebody. So that's why he had to re-implement love in verse 34 because that's where you know we're not going to stay there because i got to move on today because I want to make sure that you get out on time so we can all eat together. Is that all right, everybody? 
So he goes on in verse 35. Now, he mentions love in verse 34 a couple of times. And the new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That's two times. And you also love one another. So it's a sandwich right there. He's trying to get them to understand. Verse 35, he says, by this, what is the this that he was talking about? By the love. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Not like. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Love is going to cause our hearts to deal with people in some places where we really don't want to deal with them. Yeah. And some people will know that you don't love them. That's right. That's right. By your behavior and your reaction. It ain't always in your eyes. It's how you, how you treat people. Mm-hmm. You can tell that. Watch this. Animals can tell that. And guess what? We're more intelligent than animals. Somebody ought to say amen. People can, children will tell, they can tell if you really love them or not. Yeah, they can tell. And, and they, they, don't, they don't go by certain people. Mm-mm. They won't go to you. That's right. Mm-mm. And they're not able to communicate it in language that is expressible. They, their behavior, psychologists tell us, will tell. Mm-mm. I don't know, mommy. Mm-mm. I don't want to. I don't want to go back over there. Ah, so why you don't want to go to your Mimo house? <laughs> you see, they got quiet on me. April. You see, they got quiet. Why you don't want to go over to Auntie So and So house? They can't express why they don't want to go. They just letting you in the way that they best know that they don't want to go over there. It's not the smells of reek of reefer. <laughs> not that. It's not that. It's not what they're watching on television that they let everybody else watch. Because we have to watch these things. They carry spirits. Yes, they do. And we bring them home. And we wonder what's wrong with our children. We, but as fathers, we're priests of our homes. Uh-oh. I ain't get no amen on that one. Okay, all right, let me move on. I guess we, we, I guess we dukes of our homes. I don't know if we want to become priests because that involves too much responsibility. Well, since you put it that way, Pastor, we have to become priests of our homes if we plan on making it to the kingdom. Because he says it and mentions it so many times in scripture that we are priests and kings. And we have to live with the responsibility in being a priest and not or and a king. Why? Because there is a territory in which we protect. That's the reason why the person whom you deem spouse to you, her last name changed. Oh, you're looking foreign at me. You're looking foreign at me. Do you not know y'all can't stay in the same house and y'all last names differ? Y'all slow today. Y'all slow. Because when you become priest of your home, everything is up under your name. Everything is up under. The insurance is up under your name. The mortgage is up under your name. The vehicles up up under your name. Y'all know what I'm talking about. When you have to sign a loan for your children, it's up under your name. Because Jesus is going to ask you in the last day, man, where is your flock? Adam, where are you? He didn't ask for Eve. Daddy, you've gone too far. So we get to this particular point of the text, brothers and sisters. He says, by this we'll know that all 
are my disciples if you have love for one another. And you have to skip down just a little bit because Jesus is making a departure. And I just want to just share this with you all because the first point that I would like to lift from this particular, particular part of the text is that a father makes plans. A father makes plans. But what are you talking about? When you go with me to Jeremiah 29, and verse 11, you probably know it well. Jeremiah 29, I don't know why I'm looking here because I know it pretty hard. He says, I know the plans I think towards you. Did you hear what God's word said? He says, he knows the plans. So that means when a father makes the plans, it's already done. When God created the world, like I asked the other church, how, how, many, how long did it take him? Y'all not sure? Oh, Lord, I had, to, I had to go through this again. Y'all not sure? How long did it take God to create the world? They're not sure. They're not sure, Elder. I got a lot of work to do. How long did it take everybody? You sure? Yeah, what day did you rest on? You sure? Okay, that's why you in church today, you don't recite Exodus 28 through 11 for nothing. And in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth. See, see, when people go out there on the street, they're going to get you. Holla, how many days it took the Lord to create the word? Seven, see, you don't even read your Bible. That's what they're going to tell you. But anyway, a father takes time in planning. He says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Ooh, that thing is pregnant with information. And Jesus right here, he's making plans. What does he say in the text in verse 2 of 14 of John? He says, I go and prepare a place for you. He has already made plans. That's why he's gone now. <laughs> he's doing every, what, everybody? Preparing a place for you and I. And some of us have complained, well, why it takes so long? He going to prepare the place, anything that you build, because, you know, what was Jesus' occupation according to the Bible? He was a carpenter. So he's making sure that the chairs you sit in will hold you when you get to glory. He's making sure when you open the door, you can open the door to your house, and it's not off one inch or one centimeter. I'm talking about Jesus. He knows how to make a couch well put together. Why? Because his father taught him. Ain't nobody, see, Pastor, you're wrong in that scripture. Like nobody can teach Jesus anything. He all, he all know, and that's what omniscience means. Somebody had to teach him when he got to earth. Who taught him? Joseph, his father. Mm -hmm. Because a father made plans. So he's gone away now to make make stuff for us. You know what? You ought to be making plans in your own mind how you going to leave here. Brothers and sisters, brothers mainly, you ought to be able to invest in an inheritance on what you going to leave behind. Well, I'm going to be lied to Jesus come. Did he tell you that in here? Did he tell you? I don't, I don't believe Jesus made that plan in on how long you going to be on the earth. Three score and ten. That's what this said. But if we don't live right, if we don't exercise, if we don't eat right, we might shorten our day. Amen. So God wants us to get it. He wants us to be the fathers that makes plans because he's already gone to a prepared place where the wicked will cease from troubling. 
and that the weary shall be at rest. God is making plans, beloved. While we see the things that are happening in cycles in our worlds, we got school shootings over here. Our government don't know what to do over here. God is making plans, everybody, that when we leave this place, it's gonna take us a while to get to glory, but when we get there, We'll see all of the stuff that was talked about that John wrote in Revelation. We'll see the gates of pearl and streets of gold. We'll get to walk down streets and we won't have to worry about police cars going by and, and somebody shooting at us. Are you listening to me, brethren? We won't have to worry about going to the hospitals because there won't be none. Have you ever been to a point where, where you think, have you ever thought about that? When we get to, it won't be any hot and you have to worry about getting no medication? Are you listening to me today? You have to worry about no, no crutches. Hello, somebody. Canes. Amen. You don't have to worry about that. No aches and no pains. I made a rhyme. You don't have to worry about none of that. Arthur. <laughs> you won't have to worry about any of that. Why? Because you'll be in heaven. You won't have to worry about that. But why? Because a father makes Yes. Not only does he do that, brother, not only does he do that, but the next point in looking at this, Daddy, you've gone too far, is that a father has a purpose. He has what, everybody? It's right there in the text. He says, I will come again and what? Receive you unto myself. He has purpose in coming to get you. And he has made plans just a while ago. We now we in the purpose because your purpose is not just for you. This is not about you. This is about him. How we live, brothers and sisters, according to this text, he says, I'm going, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. What well, God, you have a purpose for for me on how I should live here and how I'm to be a father. We can't be selfish. Okay, all right, all right. We can't be stingy. We have to be giving like our heavenly father is. Huh? So being a father, you have to be able to take time and be patient with children. Because in teaching us how to build things, it's going to take time for our minds to wrap around what you're doing. Because there's a purpose for what every father does. I remember, can I just tell you a little bit 